What time is it right now? It's none other than the time to speak trends, or rather, this edition of Quebec. J'aime Sufi trends. Uh, shout out to I'm yeah, you know I'm I'm a polyglot, a bit of a polyglot. Um, I know that was a few people on Discord. I know Johnny Davis was talking about. I know the Brew was talking about it, saying, "Will they get to it?" Yeah, you know, because respect to Quebec. You know, respect Montreal smoke meat. Uh, respect to the Zeit Gang when we did our show in Toronto. I remember homie came from Montreal with the smoke meat offering to ta- and on ice for me to take back to LA, and I did that shit and I ate it all. I appreciate you, uh, and I appreciate, uh, I guess Quebec. Anyway, I'm Miles, and I'm joined by someone you have never heard here before. Uh, because they're a new addition to the team. Not new addition like Bobby Brown. I'm talking about new addition. <laughs> A-D-D-I-T-I-O-N to the team. Uh, you know, we're just, we're just you know, packed to the gills with super producing talent. And this person is no exception. So please welcome today's guest host for the trending episode, Becca Ramos. Hello, hello, hello. Becca. Hello, excited to be here, you know. Longtime fan, first-time producer of the yeah. Daily Zeitgeist. People so. don't know we only hire we only hire fans. <laughs> it doesn't go well a lot of time. We're like, do you have skills in podcasting? And they say no, and we said, well, okay, well, you're a fan I, though. I have both. I can yeah, be a fan and it just and also worked out that way. I like when I asked you, I said you really been listening. You said you did, but I don't know if you just you know listened to a ton of episodes and knew all about me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all that to say, welcome. Also, Becca, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Just so people you know, know, so they get a glimpse into our team here. I am the one Puerto Rican from Texas. Um, wow. I was born in LA, raised in Texas, been around these United States, was in Portland for a bit, and now I'm in Brooklyn in New York City, baby. They got they got good mofongo in Texas? No, just my mom's. Okay, shout out your mom. Okay, uh, and the coquito? Any, any, they got... That's I also mean, your mom's again, too. My mom's I was gonna say recipe. You know, it's only at the Ramos household will you find um, the best Puerto Rican food in Texas. So yeah, okay, I will believe that. And also, I just feel like all the you know all my bodies out there that I'm friends with, none of them are buying coquito or mofongo. They're like, no, 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 it's, oh, no, no. Uh, that's that being house. made. And I'm like, I'm sorry, where... I'm an outsider. I've never even been to a Puerto Rican restaurant in Texas. I found one in Port- Portland when I was living there. And of course, I'm in New York. There are a plenty. But right. yeah, not one in Texas. What's that like going from uh, Texas to then being in like, you know, a part of the country where you have more compatriots? You know, like the, the culture there is a little more reflective. You're like, oh, shit, look at me and <laughs> with been- my people quite a journey because i feel like in texas it was so isolating being like oh this is my family and only we know about each other's culture and we only can validate each other in this house like no one else seems to validate us outside right and then going to portland i ended up even though it being the whitest you know city in america and having lots of its problems i ended up finding a really dope community of color that validated my experience more yeah and then moving to new york it's been almost this jarring, like, I almost don't feel Puerto Rican enough because I didn't grow <laughs> right. up in this, like, I mean, even though my abuela is from uh, New York, she was, like, born and raised here. She was, like, grew up in Washington Heights. Like, she is thick New York accent to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up with, like, a very New Yorkian household, but it. it still doesn't feel like I know enough about my own culture. So I'm reading a lot of books about, there you, you go. know, what it means to be Puerto Rican <laughs> these days. Look. Hey, being part of a, a diaspora community is 
never easy. Never that much. easy. Never easy. Anyway, let's talk about what's trending, Becca. Thank you so much for that quick intro. Uh, all respect due to Becca Ramos, our new producer. But first up, first trend we see is Travis Hunter. I said, who's Travis Hunter? Well, when I read it, I said, oh, I like that. Travis Hunter is one of the top high school football prospects in the nation. Uh, apparently in the beginning, initially he was committed to going to Florida State University, a very storied football program uh, in the NCAA. But on, you know, today is the day where people are, you know, announcing their commitments. This one is a bit of a shocker because he changed his commitment from Florida State to go play at Jackson State, which is an HBCU coached by Deion Sanders. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Okay, I like this. This has been a trend that people, you know, has been going on uh, for the last couple of years with a lot of uh, talented athletes saying like, you know what? I can contribute my talents to an HBCU to elevate a program uh, and just kind of have an experience that might be like, as we're saying, diaspora communities or marginalized communities, maybe be somewhere where I know that uh, my experience is kind of, you know, understood by everyone and not, uh, you know, not looked at in an obscure way or in a way that un- lacks understanding. So you love to see it. And I know yeah, Deion Sanders is loving it. Jump. As someone, I, as we said, I grew up in Texas. Uh, I went to Baylor and my brother went to A&M. So football, college football is a big deal in the South and in my household. And okay, to see yeah. someone make such a jump from a big, you know, football college to one that, you know, maybe not as known for its football but definitely more enriching in terms of culture and understanding and just probably will be a better experience it's very cool to see these gen z kids pick their wellness maybe over uh like what their perceived uh level of success should be right and knowing your value right because on some level it's like am are my talents being used in service of something that i know is going to enrich my people my community or something where i'm really looked at as like a cog in a larger machine that could give a fuck about who I am or what I do or what my, you know, just who I am as a person. So I, I, you know, shout out Travis Hunter, uh, Dion, Dion Sanders, I'm sure is loving it. The memes out there are, you know, (laughs) I love black Twitter for that because it's just so, there's so many memes just about Dion surprising Florida state and the world. Um, so, you know, good, good, good news there. Um, a bit of sad news though, today, the really fantastic author, activist, social critic, just genius, uh, that is Bell Hooks, uh, passed away at the age of 69. And personally, I've, I've read some of her books. Uh, my dad very early on in my life was like always talking about Bell Hooks and how important her work is to his, you know, understanding of blackness, of white supremacy, uh, you know, hegemony. And uh, her books are just, you know, a vital part of that education and a vital part of my own education around that. So I think we'd be remiss to say uh, rest in peace to just a fantastic person and thinker and mind. And really, if you've not read any bell hooks and you're out here thinking that you, you know what's up, I would challenge you to pick up her work. And that's a name I wish I saw like in, in you know, last summer when people were like, here's your like, you know, critical thinking, like anti-racism book reading list uh, that you need to see. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on there, but I feel like Bell Hooks was pretty underrepresented uh, on, on some of those lists. And for that reason alone, look, I mean, again, her her writing is powerful. It's thought provoking. Uh, and man, 69, young, young. Um, OK. And uh, next up. Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck are trending. 
you, Becca, you're like, did you see what Ben Affleck said? And I was like, I didn't see specifically what he said, but I did see headlines that were like, Ben Affleck is getting messy about his divorce for right now for some reason. You know, um, I love a celebrity news story. I eat it up uh, every day, but this one was particularly funny to me because it's like, you're happy with J-Lo, you know, you're supposed right. to be anyway. Right, you know? allegedly. Just like, stay quiet, stay out. You got the, you know, the baddest... You know, you got the baddest girl on the block, as she loves to call herself. So don't understand why you're making any noise. Leave poor Jennifer Garner alone. Uh, but essentially, she had said that if he had still been married to Jennifer Garner to this day, that he would continue to have an alcohol problem. And that oh. just made many people laugh. Uh, wow. Just call him, you know, many things, much like his character of Gone Girl. Uh, you know, he he got driven to rehab by Jennifer Garner. So it's not really, I think, kind to... Right. Didn't she take his stinking ass to Jack in the Box like right before? And there's that thing where he was like, like yeah, that dead horrible, fries. horrible press photo. She was think, with you, sir. Yeah, I don't think anybody with a back tattoo like his, that horrible bald eagle... Old it's a phoenix. Back. It's a phoenix, phoenix that has back. risen from the ashes. I'll have you know. Either way, anyone with a back tattoo like that doesn't have any right to call anybody out about their drinking problem. I'm sorry. Yeah, or just and just just a general rule of thumb: don't don't project your personal issues to say that someone outside of yourself is a reason. I mean, yes, I understand that people can you know you know cause us trauma and things like that, but to just be like, yo, I'd still be drinking if I was with her. You know what I mean? No, don't. Especially because do there was an article I don't know a little bit ago saying that. Jennifer Garner and J-Lo were on good terms that like they hung out with each other's kids. So oh, for to real? me, it just seems. Yeah. So it just seems a little out of left field. Like, why? Why? Why now? Wow. Yeah, exactly. Where's that energy? Yeah. You know, that's going to be weird if Jennifer Garner sees J-Lo and she's like, the fuck was that, Jen? Yeah. Is it? So what is? Oh, you want smoke? That's what is that, is that what's going on? Because I can deliver. Jennifer Garner. Well, I saw someone say like. Everybody leave America's kindergarten teacher alone. <laughs> yeah, did she? Did, I feel like people never. She was like one of those few celebrities that never had. Like people were never just hating on her. Yeah, she oh. seems. You know, I obviously know so little about her life, but you know, I'm not. I'm not in her spaces. But yeah, she seems non problematic white woman. You know, like she's just like she keeps it to herself. She does her little Capital One commercial. Exactly. She goes home. She gets her bag. <laughs> she does her little thing, home. caping for big banks. And yeah, gets her, know, secures her bag, and then minds not, her business. Yeah, she minds her business. She's not saying anything blatantly awful. You know, she's not doing weird interviews. She plays lovely moms in lots of B-level, you know, movies like um, right. Love, Simon, you know? And we love her for that. And she stays um, in her lane. So, she yeah. She stays in her lane. Un, unprovoked attack, I guess. But who knows, because celebrities are... <laughs> Not, they aren't exactly the people we look to for the healthiest of habits. So <laughs> For the moral uh, Exactly. All right, let's take a break and we'll be right back. We'll talk some more trends after this. And we're back. Cheesecake Factory is trending uh, all because of a very interesting uh, clip. Look, this is about anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers. They're, right now, they're protesting outside of a precinct in, in New York uh, because a bunch of people were, were arrested for going to a cheesecake factory in Queens as if the people at a cheesecake factory don't have enough to deal with with that gigantic ass menu um, to go in there and start refusing to show their proof of vaccination 
And then just saying like, we're, you know, we're fucking activists. We're patriots. We're just going to sit in here and demonstrate. Uh, and then, then like, you know, there's like this clip of like the police showing up and you always just find that like, they'll never, these people will never acknowledge what private property is when it no. intersects with their ability to just completely ignore what the law is. Cause they'll say, yeah. And at this point you'll, if you don't leave, we're going to have to arrest you for criminal trespass. Like, actually I'm here. Uh, as a public invitee to a business that patronizes public, therefore they're like, and the cops it's are just private like, when it nah. occurs to them and they're allowed to make their decisions, but when yeah. it immediately affects decisions they want to make, all of a sudden it's public, right? And exactly, the rules no longer apply, and it is incredibly. I mean, who would have guessed that the Cheesecake Factory, you know. Huh. Yeah. Would have never crossed my mind that something like this would happen at the Cheesecake Factory. I, but hey, look, all respect to the Cheesecake Factory. Shout out to the Chicken Littles, one of my favorite <laughs> dishes there, uh, and the cheesecakes too. But I, it is like the whole pro- private property thing. It's always funny. It's like in this instance, like, oh no, this is not this is not private property. I can do what I want. But when you use the N word at the mall and someone catches you on camera and you're like, ah, don't film me. This is private property. Oh, interesting. Very fluid definitions we have. Um, but yeah, just more nonsense, especially as, you know, I think, you know, in California, our, like we have a new mask mandate now where you need to be masked up indoors, um, you know, regardless of your vaccination status. Because, yeah, things are getting a little bit, um, you know, the the infection rates are going up. There's also, you know, Omicron out there. So, yeah, Omicron's know, out there. I know safe. even being in New York, COVID cases are absolutely rising on a anecdotal note i've had a lot of friends go to their corporate parties here in new york and half of them have come back with positive covid cases so it's definitely even those who are vaccinated boosted up it is still rapidly spreading it is still a very active virus so not something to be played with and definitely understandable that the cheesecake factory would call the cops because they're like oh okay don't worry yeah you can but i think really though too they're like wait she's gonna come in here and not order anything yeah. Okay, yeah, we're calling the cops too then. Like, <laughs> you're not fully wasting this business's time with this Mm-mm. nonsense. Next story, woke is trending. Oh, fuck. Um, and this is because Governor Ron DeSantis, oh, man, of the, the great state of Florida, he has announced the Stop Woke Act, W-O-K-E, meaning the Stop Wrongs Against our kids and employees act. I get that they couldn't quite. It didn't fully spell woke, but they <laughs> he went for it. Woanoke, Virginia, is how that would really look if you used all those initials. But essentially, all this is is to say we need to legislate against history. We need to legislate against a thing that also isn't even happening in the form of they need to stop teaching critical race theory to children in elementary school. When again, I have to keep saying this. It's not, it's like you got to be a law student really to begin hearing about this shit. Um, and it's not a shit anyway. It's a very interesting topic. But of course, don't want it, don't want to hurt our kids because they feel that they, this would allow them to just have a negative sense of self, uh, you know, vis a vis this kind of education. So it's kind of funny to me, the critical race. I mean, no, it's never funny because it's racism, but. In the sense that these critical race theory conversations are happening in southern states that we're never teaching this curriculum to begin with. 
to literally just be asking schools to do the bare minimum, which isn't like you just said, Miles, intense critical race theory, but more just like, hey, there's actually not just two sides of the story, but there's a right and a wrong side of the yeah. history. Which one do you want to be on? I'm presenting you both diplomatically and you can choose the path of whatever. Uh, instead, they're like, no, we're literally going to erase history. We're going to go back no. a thousand years in these McGruber textbooks that we already have. Um, right. Or is it McGregor? Whatever. McGregor. Yeah. McGruber. <laughs> I might as well be McGruber because it <laughs> is well a be chaotic attempt to try and fix something like McGruber would. And by just being like, well, then we just got to burn all the books. I guess that's the only way you can do it. I guess what we have to do is stop kids from reading or learning how to uh, have any kind of uh, hearing uh, processing retention because they can't. <laughs> we don't want them reading nothing. We don't want them hearing anything. Uh, and I guess that's going to be their path to righteousness. Uh, but we'll see. Like this whole thing is also being framed as like kind of a like this vigilante type bill as well, where if a parent suspects that their kids are being taught a thing that can't, I think has a very clear definition, but again, we always love to see how Republicans do, um, that they can essentially sue and collect attorney's fees. So, you know, deputize the, the parents, uh, to ruin the education system. And, uh, lastly, we want to check in with that Peloton ad. We've been talking a lot about Peloton, the timing of the ad, who knew what, when, where, how, why, and when did it all go down? So, um, Becca, you were saying that this this was this was actually rapid response. It was actually rapid response, according to Ad Week. Uh, they did an interview with Ryan Reynolds, and you know he talked about how years ago Ryan Reynolds with his Maximum Effort agency uh, mm -hmm. made fun of Peloton during the ad of the woman on the bike who looked you know anxious peloton wife the peloton wife, yeah, peloton ad. wife yeah. ad. uh and since then he's been in conversations with peloton on and off like they've had a relationship and they're actually talking just a few weeks before uh all of this um sex in the city you know news broke about doing some work together and so after the you know just like that episode aired uh, Peloton reached out to Ryan Reynolds to actually rectify and see what they can do and spin in 48 hours. It was a lot of on the go, real time approvals as someone who came from the agency game. It's definitely, you know, quite the feat to see that they actually did pull it off in 48 hours because it is very hard to get all that stuff yeah. approved, especially with a big, a client as big as Peloton. A lot of that ad work in the background requires a lot of script approvals, but according to the Adweek article, um, it was a lot of Peloton giving the reins to Ryan Reynolds to say, you know what, we trust you, let's get wow. it going. And they made it happen. It really happened in 48 hours. So yeah. believe it or not, it was not planned. It was not a huge PR stunt by HBO plus Peloton. Right, right, right. Yeah, to be like, yeah, our thing kills some, killed a guy. Nope, but it's fun too. I think the... Yeah, the speed at which it happens, like, yeah, to your point, anybody who has interacted with a brand or has made content for a brand, with a brand, near a brand, it takes ages. And half the time, you're talking to people who don't know what they're doing, and they have an opinion on something creative, and you're like, you make, like, digital thermometers. Like, don't tell, don't give me a line read uh, on this script here, but... That happened, so it's good to see that their whole plan was, I think they recognized, we can't gum it up. Just the only way it's going to happen is if we say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, please do it, yep. please do it, we trust you. Because can you imagine, like, 
typically there's an agency in between you and the brand. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then from there, you don't even know who the agency is talking to at the brand who then has to go get other buy-in from people above them. It's a fucking nightmare. So yeah, real-time social work is super tough when you are an ad agency working with a brand. It's just like the there's this fun idea that like we can do real time social interactions. But right. the reality is that you need three business days to get a tweet approved to reach out to a celebrity because they wrote a viral tweet about your company. So right. And then it's no longer relevant and the celebrity doesn't even want to engage with the brand anymore. They're because like, what? That tweet was three days ago and they've already deleted it from their feed. Right. And they're like, also, like, I just got this new back tattoo. So, like, I'm not trying to switch up the narrative on Maine right now by going back to this brand talk. I just got this sick ass tattoo. Thank you. Anyway, that's it for the trending topics today. Becca, thank you so much for hopping in, talking some shit with me. Long may it last. Uh, And for everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. You know, it's hard out there. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people, more importantly, too. And if sometimes, you know, you got to wear that mask, that's what you got to do to keep people safe. Maybe get that ass vax, boosted, whatever you got to do, because like it or not, we're still in a pandemic. Uh, And exactly. And that's all we can do at the moment is to stay safe. Also, man, if you see some white supremacist shit going on, do something about it. Say something about it. Speak up about it. Let them know that you're not here for that nonsense. Okay, until next time, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow morning with a brand spanking new episode. uh, And you're going to love it. So we'll see you then. Okay, bye. bye.